the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chatting to have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing in more. I promise you, by... Maybe the middle of the late part of summer, I'm going to get back to a completely normal show again. I've been trying to pull off some of the flu vaccine slash political ramifications. Biden said yesterday, if elected president, I will roll back most of the Trump tax cuts. I'm just going to be honest. Would that be good for the stock market or would it be bad for the stock market? Would that be good for society or would it be bad for society? I'm not going to answer those for you, except for the first one. Short term, probably bad. Probably bad for the stock market. Probably good short term for social. Just people are pulling automatic weapons on one another, being weirded out about life safety in ways that we haven't seen that recently as a nation. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The FDA is saying something, and again, I want to get away. I want to get to this is what happened yesterday on the market. Here's the top stories today. Here's a good strategy tip for you, and here's a good sector to look at. I want to get back to that, but it may be a little bit longer. Because when the FDA talks right now, I want to pay attention in case it's material. And this sounds material. Listen to this. They said that the COVID-19 vaccine, for them to approve it, will need to at least be 50% effective. A lot of the way vaccines have worked, and I've got a brother who's an epidemiologist, used to work for the Center for Disease Control. Um, a lot of the way that flu vaccines work is maybe it doesn't give you full security, but it builds some immunity. So let's say you get COVID, maybe it won't hit you as hard if you have some of the antibodies that are correctly positioned in your body to say, hey, that's not good. Fight that off. There's something about that on the efficacy of any sort of vaccine. 
To ensure that a widely deployed COVID-19 vaccine is effective, the primary efficacy endpoint must be compared to a placebo-controlled study and must come around 50%. Now, again, starting to talk like that. I was listening to a school board yesterday, and my sister's a school teacher. And the school board said, there is no way we're going back as normal in the fall. No way. Now, again, I'm not talking for every school board across the nation. I see some states that have messed it up by reopening. We're looking at you, Arizona, Texas, and Florida. They're starting to say, oh, we messed it up, so we're going to shut back down our bars and our restaurants. Sorry that we brought people down who didn't wash their hands and kind of were callous about it. Sorry, we're seeing crazy numbers at this point in time. Sorry, we, we messed it up. So instead of having our kids come back to school at the end of July, we're going to have our kids come back at the end of August. So this hits a lot of companies. So Dr. Anthony Fauci said that he has concerns that if a COVID vaccine is only 70 to 75% effective and 33% of people choose not to get it, which is what Americans kind of say, then we wouldn't really truly get to herd mentality. That's one of the things he's out there talking about right now. Uh, so as you watch some of these companies, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, Novavax, Pfizer, Regeneron, Sanofi Aventist, Virulent, uh, Gilead, Amgen. If I'm forgetting your favorite one, I'm sorry. As you're watching them try to develop a vaccine, know that Fauci wants 70 to 75, whereas the CDC says 50 percent is good enough. It'll be interesting. Most vaccines are somewhere in that 40 to 60 percent range. And again, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answers. Dr. Fauci is optimistic the vaccine doses will be available in the winter. Cautiously optimistic. Concerning trends can be reversed if people start taking personal responsibility. Um, I saw one big group today, Goldman Sachs, say if Americans, if, if the president were to mandate a mask policy, everyone must wear masks for 90 days or 30 days or 45 days, that it would have a significant uh, statistical, meaningful endpoint. So keep in mind that as Senate is talking to Fauci, he says he's optimistic there's a vaccine, but he says there's no guarantee there will be a vaccine. And that's the stuff that makes you go mental, right? You're just like, just tell me what to do. Should I wear a mask or not wear a mask? Tell me once. And then the yes, the yes line of, well, we told you not to wear a mask because we wanted the doctors to have the mask and we didn't want you to hoard them. That seems a little bit fishy. Boeing's down big today after being up big yesterday. Yesterday we were talking about the FAA letting them fly planes and testing them out. Today we're talking about Norwegian Airs canceling orders for the 737 MAX. Uber is in talks to acquire Postmates for $2.6 billion after they failed to acquire Grubhub. Uber is in a desperate situation right now. They have really expensive stock, but they also have a business model that burns cash. In a world where we are taking less Ubers to support that cash flow to support their debt. So Uber goes out and says, well, maybe we're going to talk to Postmates. They couldn't get Grubhub going. Grubhub went to another company. But um, it will be interesting how COVID affects business models. 
because it really looks like 2021 before we're talking about a normal economy, maybe end of 2021, maybe some quarter inside of 2021 is where we start seeing more normalized things like flying. Uh, but Micron's up 6% today. They beat quarterly estimates and issued guidance on the upside. Up 6%. That's nice. Xilinx up 7.3% on a revenue guidance for July and September beat. Lulu Lemon. Ticker symbol Lulu. Um, they're buying a home fitness company, Mirror, for $500 million. Does that mean Peloton will start buying maybe like Athleta? From Gap, so Peloton can sell you clothes while they're selling you workouts, whereas Lululemon sells you clothes but can sell you workouts after you have the clothes. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. You see where it's going? Wells Fargo says we may not be able to pay our full dividend. In fact, we won't pay our full dividend. We're going to save a little bit of cash. Other banks didn't have to go through that. Um, that tells you they're not, they're not. How shall we say, tested for the worst case scenario quite as well as we want them to be. 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Dow rises today as we are putting to rest. Am I allowed to say that? Um, the month of June. Tomorrow is July. Second quarter will be over. The second quarter, January, February, March, first quarter, April, May, June. Now, we've had COVID for all of April, all of May, and all of June. So when we see earnings at the end of July, we'll be, oh, that's what earnings look like in COVID. When we saw earnings on the first quarter, we were like, oh, that's what they co- looks like with COVID in March. So we got that to look forward to, which is nice. Goldman Sachs says a national mask mandate could slash infections and save the economy from a 5% hit. Ooh. Europe is saying that Americans are barred from traveling to Europe as the EU gradually reopens its borders. I can hear some Americans say, boo. I can hear some Americans say, England, Europe, kiss my butt. I don't want to go there anyway. Oh, we are a divided country. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Hello. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. Happy, happy holidays. No, it's not quite that time. It's the end of the June quarter. At the end of the June month, we're going to turn the calendar to July tomorrow. Interesting month. Nothing happened. Yes, we have the July 4th holiday this year where you get to wear a COVID-19 mask and celebrate freedoms of wearing your mask. While you're enjoying your freedoms, don't get too close to each other and stand in a straight line. Do not make any eye contact with the warning. Just keep on marching and there will be no fireworks this year. I'm actually okay with no fireworks this year. Take a year off. That should be the new rule. Anyway, um, nearly half the United States is without a job. 
this is one of those when you hear the headline and you see the headline, it should stop you in your tracks and go, um, have I really thought about where I am now? New strain of flu found in China has potential to become a pandemic. Sweet. Go get all your pork now because a pork flu is coming. But I'm going to hold off on that one for uno momentero, which is Spanish for one moment. And if I can hear one moment in time in my head right now, give me one moment. Anyway, the employment population ratio. This is a shocking one. The number of employed people as a percentage of the U.S. adult population plunged to 52.8%, meaning that 47.2% of Americans are unemployed. As the coronavirus-induced shutdown tore through the labor market, the share of population employed dropped sharply from a recent high of 61.2 in January, uh, much further away from the post-war record of 64.7 Americans having jobs in 2000. So we hit our peak in 2000. We're a long way off from that. We're, there's a lot of distance between us and COVID between COVID being introduced and where COVID is now. So the labor market was getting a little bit more stretched anyway. But nearly half the population is still without a job. We have a long way to heal our economy after the coronavirus. The good news or the bad news, depending on how you look at it, is we have a lot of stimulus and low-cost money out there to help. The good news and the bad news about it is we have a Congress that's ultimately willing to run up deficits for the now versus the later. I know, I know. Somewhere inside my genetic pool, which I know, this was a funny line. I did a family reunion, and just to show you how weird the blacks are, we did a family reunion online on Zoom, and we got four of the five brothers and one sister, and the extended family of those. And we're like, how many, how many um, cousins do we have? And we started counting up, and we figured out between the six of us that there was 15. And I said, now, how many cousins would we have if we all got on 23 and me and found out how many children that are illegitimate? Dun-dun-dun! So I said something like, I think that number would be 23 if you count Dave, six illegitimate children. It was funny, but he's afraid to get on 23 and me. It's a joke. Come on, just sign up for it. Do it, do it, do it. Anyhow, um, yeah, some people are afraid to get on 23andMe. Weird. So we don't have enough people going back to work. Then there's stories out there that make you cringe. Scientists have identified a new strain of flu carried by pigs in China that they say has potential to become a pandemic. We've heard of swine flus before. We've heard of COVID flus before. Oh, no, porky pigs got the flu. A swine flu hit the United or hit the world in 2009. It was the first global flu pandemic in 40 years. So this one's got a catchy name. The G4EAH1N1 variation of the swine flu. Uh, so it includes the G4 genotype that was so prominent and famous that we all know from the 2016 swine populations that got destroyed. Um, this isn't great. I'm going to hold off on saying anything and, and start thinking maybe, maybe we have more nasal swabs th- than we need and ventilators and things like that. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, the markets have closed out June, essentially. We could say that tomorrow. And do you remember one of the phrases that pays on Wall Street? Sell in May and go away. And that may work for you. It may, you may hate it. Did you sell in early May or did you sell in late May? Early May means you sold too early because there's a nice recovery after that. Late May means you sold at the top. If we've gone sideways to de- slightly down since then. I don't know. I don't play that game. Tesla stock tops $1,000 on a leaked email. Next up for Tesla, for those who hate the stock, is bad news. It's about to be added to the S&P 500. It's on the list of companies that can do it. Which means what? Okay, so I've got a young friend who's 25 years old, and I'm mentoring him a little bit on markets. And I go, you could just own the S&P 500, maybe a large cap fund, and maybe some small cap funds, and some international funds, and some income funds, and that's all you need to do. You don't need to go out and buy anything fancy. <clears throat> so he, who's buying into this, you don't have to do anything fancy, could own Tesla without even owning Tesla, by owning the S&P 500. But Elon Musk sent out an email yesterday that got leaked. Sometimes I think he is his own leak. Saying breaking even is looking super tight. Really makes a difference for every car you build and deliver. Please go all out to ensure victory. I find it weird. His emails. He, he, he does a lot of management through emails. Like you don't see GM's, uh, Mary Barra. You don't see her emails leaked or you don't see Google's emails leaked. Sometimes maybe on occasion. But with the plant shutdowns, with falling demand for cars, the global pandemic, Wall Street says, we'll send you above $1,000 a share because that's good news. In the face of all that, to be maybe break even, sometimes sideways is not down. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I remember, I remember I was all alone. Late night you would call my phone just to check if I was fast because you knew I was low. Hey, everyone. Head gone rolling off the phone. I remember I'm cool. I play cool music. Whoa. Now, now, exactly. Thank you, Donald. Now for the troubling part. Bank stocks are getting battered. Ooh, boy, like beer batter? Mmm, yummy. No, no, like battered. Like battered and fried? No, like battered. Um, the 10-year treasury, this is something that I pride myself in. I have a lot of stupid sayings that are more right than wrong. I don't say solid man, don't I? I say things like buy the 10-year treasury when it's under 3.5%, buy stocks instead of bonds. We can get into the argument of is it appropriate or not, but 
historically stocks have outperformed when 10-year treasuries under 3.5%. Now, one that I could tell you that I was totally wrong on is banks. I used to always love bank stocks. In the 90s, banks could do no wrong. In the 2000s, banks could do no wrong. Well, there's some savings loans that are saying in there. Here and there, and the crisis where, oh, say, Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers go away, but they were making billions and billions and billions of dollars. And some of them took on too much leverage and too much debt. Um, the leverage is the killer. So bank stocks are getting battered right now, and I can tell you I'm not interested in bank stocks. Ten-year treasuries at one-half of 1%. Now, if I can buy like 1% right now, then maybe we can have a conversation. But on a show like this, we tend to talk about, well, you only own 20 positions or maybe you own 25 total positions, maybe you own 15 total positions. I don't know. Individually, I own less than 15 total positions. But then you get into indexes and how many indexes do I own? Maybe another 15. So bank stocks used to be an individual stock that I would hold, and now I can't because in the 10-year treasury, it's at 60 basis points. And I never knew that was going to happen because it had never happened. So I would say, like, I like bank stocks, banky stocks, stocks, bank stocks, stocks. Can't have an economy without banks, banks, banks. Banks do loans. Banks loan to trucks. Trucks drive on the road. Like, banks are everywhere. But when they're exactly scotch, scotch is scotch, scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Mm -mm -mm. But low interest rates make banks taste bad. Super low interest rates make banks taste sour. Can you do well? Sure, but I think it makes it a lot tougher. Again, you could say I like a challenge. It's like that first girl who liked me. I so desperately wanted to get a kiss when I was 16, 17 years. Like, I wanted that the hormones were ready, right? And I'm like, can we go to homecoming? And she goes, well, let's just put it this way. You have about a one in 10 million chance. I'm like, so you're saying I got a chance. Oh, I know. I wasn't that ugly. But banks just don't operate with low interest rates. I The odds aren't good for you. It makes it too tough. Now, again, you can say, well, I'm going to find the one in a 10 million. I'm going to be that lucky guy. Don't die. Don't fight that fight. Or if you do, you have to think of it in a new way. Now, the old way is thinking, like, let's take a 12% position in financials, and we can divvy that up between banks and brokers and insurance companies. Now, insurance companies are more conservative on a little bit more aggressive, so let's go 3% of that 12% insurance companies. So that now gives us 9% to work with with banks and brokers. Four and a half, four and a half. Well, brokers are going to no commissions, no fees. So let's let's do seven percent banks, one percent, one percent. Right? Here's the killer or the kicker, and people forget this. The '90s we had the uh, financial deregulation. That was very, very much so a Clinton thing. Um, as far as it happened under his watch, it happened with his agenda. And again, I'm not making any political statements, but. Deregulation was a big thing, and it allowed banks to become brokers, and brokers to become insurance companies, insurance to become bankers, and insurance companies become brokers, and it got a little messy. But then in CFP Chad Burton, many, 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 many years ago, when he was a wee little tadpole, all he had to do was sell, all he could do was sell insurance because he was on the insurance side of financial planning, and they didn't. There was 
you can't say this anymore. There was a Chinese wall inside the companies. Now what do you call it? Like a really big wall, an impenetrable wall. There was a wall in between insurance companies and banks and brokers. And even when they started acquiring each other, when deregulation was approved by the Clinton administration, you still, if you're a broker, yeah, you hated the banking side, but the banking brought it, brought in deals. If you were at insurance, you hated the brokers because they made commissions on stocks and you made commissions on insurance products. So like, it, it wasn't perfect. But that deregulation, it, it helped the banks in the 1990s because there was more money to be made. One bank could buy another bank and get super regional. Two super regionals could buy each other and become national. And during that whole process, oh, wait, you've got a vice president of photocopying? We only need one of those. <laughs> or you've got a secretary of defense. No, no, you have a secretary. We only need one of those. Let's fire that one. You have a uh, head of uh, HR. Let's fire one of the two. So banks made money by firing people, by integrating and getting larger, by volume, volume, volume. Banks had their day, and I loved them. Like yeah, on this show, it could have been called Rob Black and Your Bank Stock. I've done Rob Black and Your Money. I've done Rob Black and uh, 2020 on Tech Stocks. I've done everything. I'm willing to change this show to Rob Black and Your COVID, Rob Black and Your um, Diabetes. The key, the key pit linchpin here is Rob Black. But I loved banks in the 90s. And you know what? In the 2000s and 2010s, I look stupid. You still had some runway on that, but it hasn't been great. And uh, a lot of the banks do some of the dirty work for our Congress. Congress will say things like, every American should have the American name. A chicken in their pot on Sunday. Free Netflix, free cable TV. And every American... It's not a constitutional right if you get where I'm going out with this. It's not like something we actually positively must have. Uh, but banks get a little bit ahead of themselves because of that. And like every American should have a house. And Congress kind of says it. They, they run on a platform for it. It's July 4th. And you go, well, I don't have a house. And you go to a rally and like, I'm not voting for him because he doesn't give me a house. So Congress started saying, hey, uh, financial institutions, if you want government money, if you want charters, if you want to operate and do business, Goldman Sachs and Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you will give loans to people with low credit scores. You will give loans to people in enterprise zones. You will give loans to people who are in poor communities. You will do re- – and banks probably didn't want to do that. And it's probably one of the problems with American dreams of banks want to cherry pick the best customers. And then there's those who have and those who don't. And maybe that's one of the reasons we have inequity. And maybe that's one of the reasons we have Black Lives Matters protests going on right now of all the disparities in America. But banks didn't want to do it and Congress told them to do it. And ultimately the banks failed for it. And that's where you run afoul. Because on one hand, you want the government to set you up. One of the greatest investments I ever made was tied towards a government mandate. And yet one of the biggest financial disasters in our time, the 2008 financial crisis, Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers completely going away, also happened because of government mandate. Get more people into housing. Figure out how you're going to make money on exotic products because we know people who have low credit scores tend to not pay their mortgage as much. 
we know that you know neighborhoods where the average income is forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars probably can't afford a six hundred thousand dollar mortgage payment. But we did it anyway. Oh, for the record, I, I started doing some studying on some nineteen hundred, uh, late eighteen nineties, early nineteen hundreds uh, bubbles. Did you know there was a bicycle bubble in the world? Where bicycling was going to become the next hot thing, and prices on bicycles went up two hundred percent in speculation. We've had silver. Like this isn't. This is. We've all. We've seen this all before. So anyway, I, I did the segment to ultimately say that if you listen to me in the nineties, you knew that I love bank stocks. If you were uh, a Cinder Rumple Stiltskin, if you fell asleep for a hundred years and a princess finally came up to you, <coughs> let's say thirty years. You'd say, I remember when Rob Black, let's say 20 years, I remember when Rob Black, you wake up because Cinderella comes and kisses you, which is kind of a weird thing in itself, but she comes and she goes, I remember Rob Black like bank stocks. Why do you not own any bank stocks now? I own one bank stock and I'm embarrassed by it. So you got that going. Um, low interest rates have been good for stocks, bad for banks. And remember how I kind of set up the segment where I said, you have to have things that you believe in. One of the things that I believe in is that you buy stocks when the 10-year treasury rate's under 3.5%, 4%, 3%. As it rises to 2%, that's going to be a lot tougher for the stock market to succeed. And it goes to 2.5%, you're going to say, man, the stock market looks like it's sweating. It's trying too hard to go higher. When it gets to 3%, you're going to say, oh, I think there's some other investments I want to look at. Don't wait for three and a half, four percent to have decided to alter your portfolio because the printing presses are on. The Bank of America is open with low interest rates and with a Federal Reserve and with a government that does not want a long term recession, especially an election year, but especially since so many retirees are counting on propped up stock valuations to, you know, fund their retirement. The longer we can kick that can down the road, the happier we are in the now, the worse our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren are off servicing that debt. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. You got some cool music because I'm a cool guy to take you to break. Have a cool day. (laughs) I don't know. I'm an idiot. Apple, Amazon, and Microsoft are hired today. Same old, same old, huh? Awesome. Yep. You find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Bye-bye. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome to Ed and Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. This is a song that I dug when it came out. And I bring it up in large part so that I don't have to do any more COVID jokes. No, I bring it up because when the song came out, I loved it. I thought it was kind of a fun song with a fun beat. The Ex Ambassadors. 2015. Then I saw it on, and again, living like a renegade, run away with me, lost souls and revelry, running wild and running free, two kids, you and me. I'm like, that sounds like a car commercial. And suddenly, next thing I know, I turn on and there's a car commercial with renegades, ex ambassadors in it. <laughs> if, not, 
I'm not stupid. They didn't make more money from the licensing their song to that commercial than from touring, but it's pretty darn close. And again, it shows you how things change. For a band like X Ambassadors, for them to hit the、uh, city fairs, the county fairs, the they're 55 years old. I haven't heard them in 30 years. Where were they? Oh, they had that song Renegades. So let's go see them at the Iowa State Fair in Des Moines from June 5 through June 7th. For them to get to that level of success, where they can be milking it for their whole life, they had to sell the music to a commercial. And if you know anything about music, music is loved by hippies worldwide, and hippies worldwide don't like sellouts. <laughs> But sometimes you have to sell out in order to get that bigger stage. Thank you very much. Commentary by Rob Black.、Um, But yeah, oh, actually, what I wanted to say about that is, I often wonder, and I don't know if you do this at all. I get a police officer. He gets out of the academy at eighteen. He works thirty years. He gets a pension. I get the person who goes to the DMV, gets out of high school. Spends a year or two trying to sell like Shatsky's,、uh, uh, Shatsky's, and、um, goes to DMV and gets a job and works for the state for thirty years and retires. I get it. I get the guy who starts their own business, fails, starts their own business, fails, starts their own business. It's home run. I don't get people who are like in a band in all of their twenties <laughs> doing music and they have one song. Oh, I'm 67 years old. Yeah, that was me, the Renegades. I was that guy. I did a car commercial. You may remember it was an Audi. It was on a road that's on the coast of California, like all cars. But professional athletes, they have my 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 feelings still, because I work from age 20 to 60, and then I retire and I die. But musicians may work from 20 to 30, become one-hit wonders, and then where do they go? Same thing with athletes.、Um, it's devastating. When I see an athlete lay on the field with like a spinal injury, I'm like, "Yep, he worked his whole life to get here, and now he's going to be in a bed for the rest of his life with very high medical costs." Okay, okay, I'm back to my my joke routine. I'm gonna tell a coronavirus joke right now. Okay, some of these are classics about the guy who got sick, or the sick guy who didn't get the joke because it flew over his head. But this one's even better. I'm gonna tell you a coronavirus joke right now, but you're gonna have to wait two weeks to see if you get it. Huh? Why? No, God! I went into a bar and I said to the bartender, "I'll have a corona hold the virus." <clears throat> no way, fool! You could be like my spouse. The best way to not touch your face and get coronavirus is by having two glasses of wine in your hands at all time. It's, It's a time to stop, okay? We're stuck in a pandemic. We're stuck in a pandemic. So a friend of mine's German, and he got really afraid of getting COVID, and he heard that all the meat factories were shutting down. So my friend, who's German, he he started panic buying sausage and cheese, and I said, "What are you expecting? The worst case scenario, the worst like bratwurst and case is encasing for sausage. The worst case scenario." Okay, guys, you don't deserve me. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty each calls on the air. There's a growing list of companies that are.、Uh, <laughs> and this could happen to me that are protesting and boycotting Facebook. Um, and Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, the stop hate for profit. I question this. I've seen, and again, I think it's great. I think it's awesome. 
Um, I think that Ben and Jerry's coming out with a new flavor called Justice Remixed um, is awesome and, and wonderful. But Pfizer and Microsoft and Clorox and Adidas and Starbucks and um, yeah, they do believe in bringing communities together. And Coca-Cola and Diageo and Verizon, Unilever and Patagonia and REI and North Face and Eddie Bauer. It is a wonderful thing to see people vote with their money, even corporations. I just hope the corporations keep it up. I own shares of Facebook, and I hate shares of Facebook. Ain't that the craziest thing I just said? I own shares of Facebook, and I hate the company. I used to say that, believe it or not, about a cigarette company. My dad died of cancer, and it was awful. It was a... He smoked his whole life, or until he was like 58, when he had a heart attack. And uh, they said, you know... No, 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 no. He was 50, heart attack was 52. Dead at 58. So he smoked until he was 52. Um, but I used to say that all the time about uh, Philip Morris. I, I own the company, but I hate the company. How many companies can you say that about? For me, my job as a fiduciary or acting as a fiduciary or believing in the fiduciary role model, I'm not technically a fiduciary, um, but I pledge helping people out. I have to say... I don't like the company. That's up to you. Um, I'm not going to pass judgment on whether or not you should be taking vitamins. I'm not going to pass judgment on whether or not you should be going to Phoenix and not washing your hands. I'm not that guy. What I am is a guy who says, okay, here's a company with a morally questionable business model. Learn about business models. You can find ones that you like. You can find ones that you compromise on. What if someone invested in a company like Apple their whole lives? And Apple, they're not terribly nice. They do some things that are heinous. Their PR firm's pretty good, though. What would you do with that money? Would you give it to charity? Do you have guilt on it? It's not quite Blood Diamond, is it? But watching uh, Facebook get boycotted is interesting. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.